Yep, welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast, your boy Jackie Demix, and we are currently on COVID protocols. Now, I don't really know what that means. However, for the safety of everybody on the team, and since everybody was turning up on New Year's Eve, if you guys don't know, there's a new strain called the Omarion. Actually, I mean Omicron, okay? And basically, there's a new one that just came out yesterday called the Deltatron, all right? Or the Deltacron. Now, I had no idea that the goddamn strains were doing fusion dances like the characters out of DBZ. However, you know, in 2022, COVID is still a thing and we got to be very mindful. So when I see a lot of people coughing, I see a lot of people saying they're feeling chills. People are testing positive who've been around the squad. I tell everybody, stay home. Okay, stay home. We could still record an episode from home. Now, I will say this as we're going to jump into some hip hop. Okay, Uh, first and foremost, happy New Year's if I haven't said that already. But I have to say, man, this COVID stuff is getting out of control, okay? Uh, I reported on my Instagram that there's a new strain called the Deltacron, which is a combination of the Omicron and the Delta strains of COVID. And then we get to find out that that shit was lab-made. Now, it just makes you kind of, I don't want to get all cynical and all, but it just makes you kind of feel away when they're just making up new strains every day. And it's not by any natural means that it's happening. It's always a motherfucking lab. What the fuck are they doing in these labs that the goddamn viruses are just fusing? Now, we're just going to get into some hip-hop shit, real talk. Because um, I'm not going to lie, man. My, my, I have like a secret, you know, it, it's like a secret passion of mine recently, okay? I feel like every time I'm on uh, YouTube, I feel like I'm in a white van parked outside and I'm listening to some shit that I shouldn't listen to unless I've gotten a federal warrant, or, like, pretty much, this is some shit you see in the movies. Now, I'm only talking about Clubhouse. These days, Clubhouse is a place where if you have no idea or knowledge of gang activity and gang violence, trust and believe you could go to Clubhouse and figure out everything that's going on in the streets. Now, for whatever reason, Clubhouse is now polluted by a bunch of, you know, usually middle-aged gangbangers who are discussing openly what they call politics now i'm not gonna lie one of my guys whack 100 he's one of the people who's actually a part of this okay and maybe he's even helped usher this whole new wave onto the platform but i'm not gonna lie man it makes for entertainment but i definitely worried for the people involved okay like for example yesterday i'm cooling you know what i mean i mean oh hey listen i'm eating lunch and I'm eating lunch in my office, and I'm like, yo, let me get on goddamn Clubhouse, or at least go on YouTube and search up Clubhouse and see the latest happenings and fuckeries in the streets. So I get on that, bitch. And the first thing I see is that a rapper who just dropped an album, by the way, we were supposed to have him on Off The Record. He did not show up on Off The Record yet. However, he hopped on Clubhouse, right? Think about it. Rapper did not show up to talk about his album with some outlets. Most specifically, off the record. However, somebody doubted his street credibility on Clubhouse. And, of course, he downloaded the app. And he hopped on that bitch in a millisecond to defend his honor in the streets. Now, I got a real quick clip for y'all. I, I won't play the whole thing. But this is Roddy Rich, who basically hopped on Clubhouse. I guess Wack 100 brought him on there. Because somebody from his hood. Okay? Now, just think about what I'm saying. Somebody in the streets from his hood who used to probably like be cool with him or cool with his people basically said his whole life is a joke. It's a fraud. He was never really like that. And he was false flagging. So Roddy Rich gets on to confront rumors 
or false flagging. Trust me, I could not make this up. Listen to this joint right here. Hold up, I gotta get the audio right. So my thing is, my nigga is like, you feel me? It's a lot of chatter, and I just want to get it from like what's what's really going on, bro. You know, it was a lot said. Niggas right, was no, like, no, 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 we're not gonna do that. I got phone calls, text messages. I'm seeing on the internet. I'm false flagging. I want to know what's going on. Nigga, nigga saying that you ain't from the hood. You ain't been to the you hood. You saying I'm not from the hood? Who saying I'm not from the hood? You oh, you saying I'm not from? Okay, let me pause it right there. So what y'all are listening to right now? That's like the old the, the, one of the old head homies. Okay, he's basically getting at Roddy Rich saying, "Yo, listen, man, yo, you ain't really from here. You basically wasn't about that." Like, listen, let me tell you the beauty of Clubhouse. I've learned shit from Clubhouse. I never thought I would ever learn in my life. Okay, I'm on Clubhouse. They keep using this term DP. Okay, they're talking about gang stuff. Keep using DP. Now, the only DP I'm familiar with is on a porn site, and DP, it stands for double penetration. I get to find out it has alternative meanings, okay? Basically, when you're in a gang, and apparently DP is when somebody kick you out of I don't know what's going on, but thank God for Clubhouse. Because without Clubhouse, I wouldn't get my audio gang manual so crystal clear. So, let me continue to our listen. It's Roddy Rich. Responded to somebody supposedly from his same gang about if he's really in the gang. Listen to this. I said what I said. I'm asking you a question. Nigga, I just said I said what I said. You ain't seen me get put on the black mat? Nigga, three seconds, my nigga is not All right, a put on. All right, Cap, three niggas. Three niggas, put two of them down. Oh, shit. Come on, that bro. That ain't official. Because I know a lot bro. of little homies that ain't get their official. Nick Roddy Rich looking like Gervonta Davis out here. Put, so let's, I'm going to explain. Listen, hey, th this is self-explanatory, okay? I, I guess he's talking about being put on as, like, initiation, which I guess you got to go fight. I don't know why that's the initiation. That's just gang stuff, okay? So to get in the gang, you got to go squabble. You got to fight with a couple of dudes. And it's supposed to show that, you know what I mean, you got some heart, some courage, some character, that if you're ever in a situation where people gang up on you, you could try to defend yourself and not run from the fight, okay? So he's talking, this is Roddy Rich, okay? Multi-platinum artist is talking about how he got initiated into the Crip Gang. We're not talking about homies. I'm talking Nigga, about I'm talking about that. Let's start right there, though. Let's first, start right there. I said, did look, I get my official? Look, first first and foremost, bro. Uh, let, let, let's start right so there, bro. Let's start right change, there. Did I get listen, my official? Change the tone of your voice, bro. Fuck all that. Look, check this out, bro. Yeah, all right. You ever you ever touched a million dollars? What's we talking about a million dollars? We're I'm talking about you a question. You ever touched a million dollars before? What is we talking about? A million you dollars? You ever touched a million dollars before? I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? You can simply decline the answer. Yes or no? Have you ever touched a million dollars before? If you from Park Village? I'm asking you, do you know what that feels like Village? to touch a million dollars, nigga? Do you know what that feels like? Is you from Park you're Village? You're talking about another nigga for free. So apparently Park Village is around. I, I, don't, I really don't know too much of what these guys are talking about, but I will say. Apparently, one of the this guy's gripes with Roddy is that he's saying that Roddy's not where he, um, he's claiming he's from. He's from somewhere else. So that's why he keeps asking this Park Village stuff. I don't know where that that's at. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. You laughing? You laughing? It's the real, ones, it's you a the real, it's the real ones that help you get that million dollars, my nigga. And never. I'm asking that. you a question because Bird's still eating with you. You might now. This is the thing about Clubhouse, and I and it has a very. It has this way of sucking you into an argument 
where it's not about resolving shit. And that's the my only problem with Clubhouse. Clubhouse is the high school lunchroom. It's basically the group circle where everybody's egging you on a fight. And maybe you were just fighting over some dumb stuff. And if y'all really just talked about it for maybe 30 seconds, it could be resolved. Okay, if you talked about it privately without egos and without people looking at, yo, who's pussy or whatever, it could be resolved. However, once y'all in that circle, there's no more time for a backing down. It's all about who ends up being the toughest dissenter. Keep in mind, these, these guys are supposedly from the same region, same gang, whatever the hell it, this is, right? However, the only time they could talk to each other is on an app with probably thousands of people listening. It's being recorded for the world. And if this doesn't kind of hit you with the sad reality of just what's going on in the world now, private conversations and de-escalations don't exist no matter what age people are at. It's all about doing it for the spectacle. There was a time that they said, look at the young kids, look at the younger rappers. They're pretty much just doing everything for attention. Now, I can't even disagree if people say everybody's doing it. Now, I'm not saying Roddy Rich is in this instance because he was brought onto this app to defend himself. However, here's the thing. Everybody who are discussing these things that, honestly, I don't think we should even need to know, okay? However, these information are more than public at this point. Let me keep playing. I ain't burned, nigga. I ain't burned, nigga. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. Wait, y'all, so hold, hold on, hold on. Hey, hold on. Hey, just whack. What about Cholo? Clear it up. So what about with you? Hold on, y'all. So Bird's still with you. Cholo like that, nigga. What about so, um, to give you more context, and I'm sorry I'm pausing so much. The guy Bird is the guy who kind of brought Roddy into the music game. He was like Roddy's manager, um, and also kind of like maybe like maybe like a, a label or production company that Roddy was dealing with. Now he's one of Roddy's guys who you know I guess is also from the neighborhood. I guess this guy is saying, "Yo, the people who." used to be with you you're not with and they're kind of mad because they're saying yo you took advantage of the hood to get on but now that you're on you're not trying to deal with the hood so that's kind of part of the debate one one part of the debate is false flagging roddy rich answered that saying yo i fought with a bunch of people that's how i got on like what's the problem like hey everybody saw it then the guy's saying well you pretty much took advantage of the hood and you left everybody roddy rich is saying no i didn't so he's mentioning these people's names who has been with him Wow,天！哎，do these are these niggas having active lawyers on their cases？Come on，bro，我看到那么多人在那里every Christmas。Come on，bro，我看到那么多人在那里every Christmas。I mean，everybody's。Come on，you modeling right now。Stop it！You don
this is just dumb shit, man. I'm wondering if this is pretty much going to lead to like the blow up of Clubhouse where there's an indictment that comes down and these conversations, and I'm not talking about specifically this, but these conversations are going to be held in a courtroom. Yo, well, you can't say you're not a gang member. You pretty much detailed how you got in the game. You can't say you didn't do that. You pretty much gave us a time, location, and pretty much threw your alibi out the window That where you at when this went on. So, again, I oftentimes listen to these conversations, but I'm also very fortunate that I'm not on this app too much because a lot of it in what I see is all about gang activity being spoken pretty much on a police radar, okay? That's just what it is. All right. And if I could hear it, the world could hear it. Imagine what the people who want to enforce laws that they probably can't get these guys phones tapped are probably thinking. They're probably saying, thank God. Now, we'll keep it moving. Uh, I, I, I do want to quickly address the, the new projects that came out. OK, um, it's only been Monday, so I can't really give a full breakdown of what's what. But I can tell you this. The weekend dropped this project called Dawn FM. Um, a lot of people enjoyed it. My thoughts going into the project was the weekend, you know, just the look alone. I thought he was trying to take a more Tyler, the creator approach, which meant, hey, listen, let me play the character. Let me live the character. Let me make music according to the character. Basically making a thematic type album that could probably live in the world and really just do do some good work. And, and again, I like that idea because. Man, the weekend's at the top of his craft. And yes, we do know him as a pop star. But how he really started was really pushing the boundary and also pushing those type of or blurring those, blurring those type of lines that people could look at him and say, yo, man, this guy isn't making cookie cutter music. I think once he's hit that pop star status, he's learned, yo, I got to live with the, this character. I got to, I, I got to. I got to start giving something new than just making these pop songs. And I think it worked really well for his last project. Well, I believe it's called, uh, was it After Hours? I think it really worked wonderfully for that. It sold around 500,000 first week. However, this new project, you know, people are kind of surprised to see the projections and sales. And I tweeted out yesterday, he's expected to sell 170,000. All right. And this is kind of alarming because if we really think about this, the weekend dropped an EP not too long ago. And it was probably actually it was probably like two, three years ago. And when he dropped that EP, that EP had like four songs on it, and he was expected to do one, probably like, I don't know, probably the same amount of numbers, like 170 or like 180. This is a full album and is expected to do that. Now, I've had multiple conversations with people who, you know, like like I'm not to toot my own horn, but I do feel like I'm one of the people who made it an emphasis with the newer generation on focusing on the sales of your rap, your favorite rapper, favorite musician. And, you know, while discussing even these projections, a lot of people said, well, who cares about the projections? Let's talk about the music. Now, for me, the projections and the sales have nothing to do with the quality of the music. It's either good or it's not. And actually, a lot of times there's really good shit that uh, doesn't sell well. However, what sales means to me is consumption. Now, a lot of times we see things as popular. We see things, you know, there's a trajectory in in most artists career of you start off and maybe you're still working on your craft, but it gets to a point it's really good, but it's not getting listened enough by enough ears. 
right? So that's the point they used to say, yo, hey, you're, you're underappreciated or you're underrated, right? Or you're underground, right? And then you get to the particular point where the music that you're making is being appreciated by pretty much the amount of people you think should be appreciating that type of genre or whatever the case is, and pretty much you're on. Then it goes mainstream or pop when the music you're making are be, is being appreciated by a demographic that probably is outside of what you even made that music for, right? So if you're making this trap music and, of course, now, like, you know, kids are fucking dancing to it and they're listening on Z100, yeah, I mean, you have now crossed over. So that's why all these terms come in. So the reason why I talk about sales is about consumption. And, um, you know, The weekend he dropped this album pretty much with one week of notice, no, no music video really, um, or no lead single going into it. But I thought it's The weekend. Everybody's going to check it out. And I think I kind of learned something very interesting about where I think The weekend's at right now. The weekend's at a place in his career where a lot of the music that he drops is going to be driven by pop incentive, which means no matter what he wants to say or accept, he probably has to accept it now, you can't just drop an, at this point in his career, you got to work singles. And I think singles are determining how big and how popular his releases are. And the mere fact that he, he, he didn't go with having a lead single this time around, that's why the sales are like that. Now, overall with the project, I'll give you my light review so far. Um, I didn't see like too many standout joints on there, but I definitely don't think it's whack. Also, gonna drop this project, DS4 Forever. Or DS4 ever. And um, I think that's been getting a lot of... It's been getting a lot of great reviews. I like it. You know what I mean? Obviously, it has a couple tracks like... It got a couple tracks like that that's getting at a few people that clearly, you know, I would like. But I'm interested to see what Gunna does compared to The Weeknd in 2022. I'll also say this about the music industry. It's a very weird time that The Weeknd and even Gunna chose to drop their albums. It's 2022. The music industry is pretty much still shut down until like... Like, until a couple of days, if not maybe a week and a half or so. So, really, a lot of things ain't moving in the music industry, okay? The music industry around the mid of December, they pretty much go on break. They come back around the mid of January, all right? What does that mean? Whether it's working your songs on radio, whether it's working your songs with DSPs, whether it's doing stuff that the label or you're accustomed to a label doing, uh, a label's going to be either slower with doing it. Obviously, there's going there's somebody working the weekend's project. But the full infrastructure of the label ain't there. OK, and that could be problematic, especially when the, the label is needed to do and the industry is needed to do what it needs to do for you to have the success you need to have. So it's interesting to see how both albums are going to perform and also what's going to end up being the album that people talk about longer. I think this project by weekend, people will talk about it longer. First of all, he spaces out his releases a lot more. And also, I think he's going to delve so much in his character, despite what first week sales are. And I don't know why we, you know, we talk about first week sales for the weekend, but, you know, first week sales is really a rap thing. Primarily rap fans, after they listen to a project for a week, they move on to another project. R&B projects last way longer and pop projects last way, way longer because they'll work more than the average of two to three singles that, that rap projects do. Uh, uh, um, pop project, they'll work like six to seven. Look at Taylor Swift projects. Look at Post Malone. It's a lot going on. By the way, while we're at it, I thought this was interesting too. I posted this on my Instagram. Uh, where's where's the post? I know it's up here. Okay, I don't think I have it up here. But but regardless, uh, the uh Post Malone, Post Malone actually. Or his manager, Dre London, 
put up a post saying, yo, man, Post Malone's music's ready, but his label ain't trying to drop it. And it's interesting, and matter of fact, let me get on this page. I'll just go on this page so you guys can see it. Dre London. Here we go. All right. So, Dre London says, listen, our sinking energy always been on the same level. Album has been done. We're ready, but it seems Republic and Universal isn't. Posty fans, no more need to press me anymore. We did our part. Now it's time for the label to get the business right before we drop big album. Hit them up. We've been ready like you are. Now, let me tell you why this is so uh, emblematic to me. Because you might think on surface, yo, Post Malone's having some label issues. Now, why would he have label issues? He's a really successful artist. Really, really successful artist. Now, this is a negotiation tactic, if you ask me. If you ask me, whatever deal that um, Post Malone is in with Republic, I would say, and I'm spitballing here, it's time to re-up. Or it's time to figure out if Post Malone might go elsewhere. Now, a label like Universal, who Post Malone is one of their top five acts, it's no chance in hell they're down to lose Post Malone. No chance. If he goes to another one of your competitors, it instantly boosts their market share in the amount of sales per year anytime he drops. So you know what's probably happening if you ask me? And this is why Dre London is saying we got to get the business right. Note the wordage. Got to get the business right. The getting the business right is, hey, the label won't drop the album probably until they get a new deal set up with Post Malone that basically after this album, he's still in a contract. If they drop the album, maybe, you never know, he's close to being a free agent. You can't let that happen. That happens in basketball a lot, right? Or actually, happen, yeah, it happens in basketball a lot, right? On the last year of your contract, they don't wait to become, until you become an unrestrict, uh, unrestricted free agent. They give you another extension or they give you another deal immediately. So I think that's what's happening here. But until that's done, Post Malone won't be able to drop an album. It's just business. And here's the thing. Probably got great music. And what artists never understand, it's always on the label's time. Like, you won't gain leverage by telling the label you're not going to drop. Yes, you're costing them money, but you're costing yourself money. And you're costing yourself relevance. There's always, they own, they own the majority of the music business. There's always going to be another one. So when you're saying, hey, well, you know, and we see this a lot of times with artists when they're in disputes with their labels. They're like, all right, fine, I won't drop no music if I can't get in my way. And the labels usually say, all right, cool, well, don't drop no music, fine. I guess you're you're trying to do the method of cut off your nose to spite your face. But just keep in mind, you won't be getting, like, you're getting more and more irrelevant by the day since you're not dropping. And also, you're not getting paid as well. So a lot of times, the, the, the labels hold the bigger leverage cards. But in this case, what do I think is going to happen? They're going to pay Post. They got to pay him. They got to pay him. You know what I mean? Again, he's one of the top five acts. He's probably asking for some ridiculous amount of money. Look at this fucking smile these guys got. Look at this smile. Like, like this smile right here is, is a tune of, oh, 50 M's and better. Who ne you never know. They might be like, yo, shit, give us 100. We'll do five more. Who knows? But regardless, I think this is going to get resolved. It was interesting that I saw this on my timeline, though. Um, One of the other things, one of the other things I actually saw um really come across You know, I always talk about my um, female counterpart, Shade Room, in terms of, like, you know, Instagram blogging. Man, I love the Shade Room. But I love the characters on the Shade Room even more. You know, 
I always say there's certain things about like how you know women act on the shade room that you know a, a dude could never do, never ever ever do. You know, for example, it's way more acceptable if a woman of color is dating a white guy than if a black athlete is dating a white girl. If a woman of color is dating a white guy, you know they say, "Yo, get your coin, sis." Turn up, secure the bag, swirl. They call it a swirl. I don't know what that means. They swirl. Yes, girls, you swirling. Now, if a black athlete or rapper gets a white girl, a Becky, whatever you want to call it, everybody's up in arms. Yo, they always do that. Sell out. What color was his mother? He don't like himself. He's a self-hater. Look at this guy. We should have knew. Very negative in the attitude when it's interracial relationship with the guy being, you know, um, the, the the person of color. Now, I only say that because when that's the mindset that rules, like, you know, and pretty much, you know, just to be honest, like, Shade Room is kind of like baby mama Instagram, right? I've also watched where, like, you know, a lot of these, like, quote, unquote, baby mamas, they've really taken this platform and really thought of themselves way more important than they really are. They start being so outspoken, especially with this new hot girl, some of this and third, that they're say, they say stuff that a lot of times I look over and I'm like, could dude say that? Now, I'm going to give you an example. You know, um, Ari Fletcher, bay mama of G Herbo, and um, girlfriend of Moneybag Yo. She went on a podcast, and the podcast name, I believe, is Don't Call Me White Girl. That's the name of the podcast, okay? And she went on a podcast, and we're used to seeing her, we're used to seeing her look sexy on the gram. She is ratchet, very ratchet, like super duper, like, I mean, like the ratchet, the ratchetivity levels is just off the chain. But we're not really used to hearing her talk. We hear, we see that her typing, and a lot of times you can't tell if someone's serious or whatever, but recently, while on this podcast, she said something, which, by the way, I want to ask anyone here if y'all believe this could be said by a dude. But not only that, I want to, what do y'all think in terms of um, what she's saying in general? This is how women explain that they're down with a toxic dude, okay? Now, if a guy is gloating about being toxic to this extent, straight cancellation. But listen to what Mrs. Ari Fletcher says. Beautiful. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Because I used to pack my shit up. Like, bitch, I'm leaving. Fuck you. Blah. That's Fake me. Fake booking a flight. Really never booked a flight. Fake booking a flight. Like, calling my manager. Like, yeah, bitch, book me a flight home. Fuck this nigga. Blah, blah. You know, calling my mama. Throwing shit, breaking shit, fighting. And then, like, now you got to stop me from leaving. But I was never going nowhere. Oh, yeah. You talk to me. Like, pull your gun out and show me, like, bitch, leave. I wish you would walk out the door. Right. Like, Hold on. Re-fucking-wine. So, let me just get this straight. 
She's gloating. She's blushing. She's jovial over the fact that she has a toxic relationship. But she's describing how toxic she likes it to be. She likes it when she breaks all your shit. She's cussing you out. She's telling you, book me a flight. She's packing her shit. And then she wants the dude. I don't even want to say it. I want to hear it from her mouth. But I was never going nowhere. Oh, yeah. Get it. Like, more. pull your gun out and show me, like, bitch, leave. I wish you would walk out the door. Right. She's going to shine. She's going to shine. She's from Chicago. Look. Imagine if Little Reese was sitting across from me. Or let's say G Herbo. Because Little Reese, he on video, do all type of stuff. And, and, and he said, yeah, I do like the toxic relationship with, with these chicks, man. You know what I mean? They be threatening to leave. I just pull my gun out. And I'm like, oh, man, he from the shot. We're canceled. It's done. It's over. It's, it's fucking over. Just listen to this shit. I mean, from leaving. But I was never going nowhere. Listen. Like breaking shit, fighting, and then like. Breaking what? shit, fighting. I'm leaving. Fuck you. Duh. That's Fake me. Fake booking the flight. Really never booked the flight. Fake booking the flight. Like calling my manager. Like, yeah, bitch, book me a flight home. Fuck this nigga. Duh, duh. You know, calling my mama. Throwing shit, breaking shit, fighting. And then like, now you got to stop me from leaving. But I was never going nowhere. Oh, yeah. You were talking to like, Pull your gun out and show me like, bitch, leave. I wish you would walk out the door. Right. Like, She's going to shine. She's going to shine. She's from Chicago. You already pull your gun out. <laughs> Look at these mannerisms. Look. From Chicago. Look, I'm ready for your gun out. <laughs> what? She's from Chicago. Yo, she's turned into like a 13 year old girl, just like, huh? look. She's from Chicago. You already for your gun out. <laughs> I'm finna just sit down because I got a son. I'm not trying to die. I got a son. So I'm only staying because I got a son. I don't want you to shoot me. This is what we're dealing with, man. This is what we're dealing with. I was just interested to think. I want to hear what everybody got to say about that shit, man. And I think, you know, um, in one of the rare moments of accountability, because, you know, women say shit like that all the time. Like, they brag about putting their hands on their dudes. They brag about, you know what I mean, uh, um, doing things that are toxic. Oh, yeah, I break all this shit. Oh, yeah, I keyed his car. What the fuck? I burnt all his clothes. You know, nobody checks him. It's usually a laugh like, yeah, yes, bitch, yes. Right? No accountability. If it was a dude who did that, an investigation would be opened up and it would be canceled online, period. Now, in one of the rare cases of actual, I'm, I'm going to say equality. It's got to be equality. Where people are held accountable on both sides of the aisle when it comes to sexes. Um, Ari's comments were not taken that well by people who have really went through domestic violence. Didn't think it was that funny and all blushy to talk about. Oh, oh yeah, I just pull out my. Uh, oh yeah, I tell him. Oh, I, I want to leave, and I, I I don't stop telling him that till he pull out his gun. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, you pulled out your gun. Not everybody was impressed. A lot of people on Twitter were saying, "Listen, I get what you were trying to do, but that was in bad taste. You're making also light of, you know, domestic, real domestic violence, um, um, survivors." who basically have probably been through that, and it was traumatic. They didn't giggle about it. They have nightmares, okay? Now, that was actually taken to the next level because I didn't know this, but apparently Ari Fletcher has a deal with Savage X Fenty, okay? Which is, if you don't know, Rihanna's like, you know, 
lingerie, I think it's a lingerie company, or it might be the little lipstick or whatever it's called, like Fenty Beauty. No, that's Fenty Beauty. This is Savage X. Okay, I think this is the lingerie stuff, right? She was an ambassador, so she gets paid a check just to, like, look sexy on the gram, right? Now, after that, Savage X Fenty, or Savage Fenty, whatever you call it. I don't know how to call it. Savage Fenty dropped her. Said, like, yo, bro, come on now. Like, you're a brand ambassador. You're saying shit like this. We're marketing to women. Women are kind of like, yo, the, the, like, I, I get it. The ratchets think this is okay and acceptable, but the majority of people don't. So they dropped her. Now, this is why they dropped her. Not really because of those comments. Because she had an opportunity to apologize for them. Because people were getting at her, and she got on live. And when people thought she was going to show a moment of, you know, contrition and, oh, yo, I, yeah, I was just joking, like, bad joke. I shouldn't have done it. She was getting mad people hit her up like, yo, this is not cool. And she got on live and chose to respond to it like this. Listen, I've never seen such a lack of awareness in my life. So let's start there. That's one. Two, y'all are in the comments like, oh, when I was um, in a relationship, this boy put out. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares about what happened to you? What trauma you had? Nobody cares. This is you trying to victimize yourself and use this. Oh, like this, this. Yeah, don't worry about my wig. Yes, child. Make sure the wig is good. Anyway, like, please, like, please, stop. You in the comments? You telling your stories about nobody cares. We do not care. We don't care. We don't care. We do not care at all. Like, we don't care. We don't care. We don't. We just don't care. One time my boyfriend, so what? So what? And now what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Y'all trying to victim. You, you want to be a victim so bad? Why you want to be a victim so bad? I know I look crazy. Y'all don't worry. But like. Keep in mind, she's talking to domestic violence survivors. We don't. We do not. I swear, I promise to Jesus, we do not care. Like. Not this much. We don't care. Mm -mm. Why y'all trying to victimize yourself and make this? Oh, guns. Okay. Well, she was wrong. Someone did care. And the person who did care was obviously the brand that, that was cutting her checks. And they um, they dropped her. They ended the partnership with her, allegedly. And um, either that or suspended it. Regardless, they took some punitive action. And I hope she understands that, you know, I've always said that there's as much as we we could. And we got to be fair. Like a lot of dudes send dudes who are rappers. They send pretty horrible fucking messages to, you know, impressionable kids who are watching them. OK, you know, people who's ne who've never been to jail for even for a gun. They're rapping about if somebody do something, to you go kill them. You know what I mean? Like, like they're telling people to go throw your lives away. They're telling people to do things they've never done. They're telling people to do things they would never do either. So, you know, like, I'm not saying rappers are good role models. Most of them are pretty shitty role models. But a lot of these Instagram influencers and, influencers and baby mamas who these days have now become the beacon of, like, you know, um, role model or light for a lot of these women who all want to get with a ball player, a rapper, or some type of athlete, when you hear these women talk and they're now leading 
the the other woman, which is pretty much the blind leading the blind in that situation. Because if you're getting up on Shady Room saying, man, I want to bag me an athlete, like you're probably a little bit off already, right? The type of stuff that comes out of their mouth is just pure ignorance like this. Horrible, bad decisions, and they're promoting a lot of ignorance, okay? I mean, shit, even the hot girls, summer stuff, you know, some of the stuff that the city girls, you know, the city girls, you know, they always said about um Jeezy. Jeezy told you to trap or die. He sent his son to college. Facts. That's, that's how it goes to rappers. Tell you to do the wrong shit, and they do the smart shit when they've figured it out, okay? Same with um a, a, a lot of this, like, city girl shit. Listen, just keep, you know, just fucking suck anything you want. Do your thing, you know what I mean? Live your best life. They all get in relationships, okay? Only use the nigga for a bag. They're professing their love to their nigga online. I love you more than everything in the world. They're not living what they're saying. However, it's for the idiots. It's for the idiots to run off with that message and keep making these motherfuckers rich. You get me? So Ari Fletcher knows exactly what she's doing. She's sending out that message of ignorance because people have made her popular because she is ratchet. So so, so she's like, rather than tell you, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think that's how it goes down with Moneybag, yo. I don't think that, oh, he has to pull a gun out to keep her in the house. I don't think that's so, that's going on at all. However, she knows how to play and lean into what's made her popular. Ratchetivity, bad behavior, toxicity, and she's telling other women to normalize that while she ain't going through it, Okay. All of that stuff she's talking about, we ain't see no evidence of it. Actually, well, I could say, maybe I'm wrong, because her and G-Herbo did get in some shit. And by the way, when that happened, she called the police. So all of this stuff talking about she loves it when a nigga pulls out her gun, she called the police. I could show you the clip. G-Herbo arrested. All that stuff she told about, G-Herbo got arrested for domestic violence. It was not funny. In a relationship, I'm gonna try to find the part where she's right at. About the simple fact. 72 stop. 3254. Northside Parkway on a gray Ferrari. Georgia temporary tag. This is. This is the arrest of Jerobo. Alright. We can go nine. Bro, my phone's is in there. Like, she still got my jewelry. That's what I'm saying. Hey, remember she what I gave you? She was talking about. Just for the simple fact we can forget that she got $300,000 worth of my jewelry. So what I'm gonna do? Get her locked up? That shit I go for what? I don't want to get up. Like, what the fuck, bro? She doing all this. She want to be with a motherfucker. Oh, you can't bring him. Go about the way for a minute, Again, none of this seems funny to me. I'm just skipping through this video randomly. Oh no, she. Did you see she? None of this seems funny. She's not giggling. I wanted to show you her. She looks in distress. Zerbo not laughing. She not laughing. There's a baby involved. What's up? Look, look, this is her right here. Look. Do you have your ID on you? Look. What's your name? This doesn't seem. A-R-I-A-N-A? Yeah. This doesn't seem like the person who said this. Date of birth. Now, I'm not trying to make fun of her. She's, she, she seems like she's a survivor as well. I'm just saying the messaging is wrong. The messaging is wrong. You can see her right here. She's crying. You can see her right here. The police is involved. So for everything that she said, and by the way, Rihanna, who owns the brand, 
Rihanna's a survivor of domestic violence. Rihanna's not joking about that. That's not funny to Rihanna. That's not some shit that Rihanna wants to tell other young girls who looks up to her. That's not a message that she even wants women who represent her brand to be sending. That's why they took a contract. All I'm just saying, none of this stuff looked funny. This looks serious. And it looks sad. Anyway, I digress. Um, I think the playoffs are going to start. I can't wait till the Super Bowl. Who's going to make it? Uh, uh, Rich the Kid definitely just came out recently, and he said, yo, what up, man? Um, people said, yo, I need another Rich the Kid and Youngboy tape. They don't never miss together. LOL, no cap. Sometimes when I see this, I'm like, the nigga even tag Rich the Kid. How the fuck did Rich the Kid even find this? That might be Rich the Kid's burner. Rich the Kid responds by saying it's on the waistline. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Rich the Kid and Youngboy, a, a good combination. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think people enjoy Youngboy. Everybody enjoy, like, or not everybody. Most people enjoy Youngboy's sound. They enjoy him making music. And clearly, I think it's just advantageous if we could, you know, no disrespect to Birdman, if we could tolerate him with on an album with Birdman, even though Birdman held it down on, on the From the Bayou joint. He held it down. But if we could tolerate that, we could tolerate Rich the Kid and Youngboy. However, like, Rich the Kid. I think what Rich the Kid sh sh needs to focus on Honestly, I think Rich the Kid needs to focus on dropping solo LPs and getting back to the part of his career or the hype that his career was at when he was dropping songs like Plug Walk. You know, being assisted on, on projects by Lil Wayne and, of course, Young Boy. It's great to have a good friend group that supports you and will pick you up when you need it musically, but... It's not going to make people tune into your music if you aren't standing next to those people. So I think Rich the Kid has to put out some more hits on his own. But obviously, if you like Youngboy or you like Wayne, you can't really complain because you probably want to get this additional music without Rich the Kid. You know, Rich the Kid to me reminds me a lot of French Montana. Just in the fact that, you know, I think he nets, networks pretty well. He keeps, you know, he it feels like people owe him favors. Or, you know, fuck with him enough that they're always putting him on songs or giving him songs that really usually help his career. So we'll see what happened. But Youngboy said he did, is about to drop an album uh, in the next week or so. Okay? Um. Oh, man, this is like a mess right here. I don't even want to talk about this. But speaking a little bit more about issues that could have been turning ugly or domestic violence. Because recently, if you guys don't know, so this young lady up top, she's above me right here. She's actually um, Blueface's artist. Her name is Krishan, okay? She's supposedly a musician. Now, the way he found her was a little interesting. Blueface has a show called Blue Girls Club, and it's a play of the Bad Girls Club theme where literally Blueface brings a bunch of women to live in a house where they do everything. They fuck, fight, do ratchet shit, do competitions, all pretty much for clout. There's no real like incentive to be the winner. I don't even think there is a winner. It's like if you survive or not, okay? It's not like if you survive, you get to be with Blueface. It's it's just for clout, I guess, right? Now, she was on one of the shows. People liked her. Blueface seemed to clearly think she has some talent. 
he signed her, right? Most recently, what happened with uh, with this young lady is that she was kicked out of Blueface's house. So after the show ended, she'd been staying with Blueface for a while. Whack 100 evicted her out the house. Basically told her she had to leave. Apparently, we find out that she was staying at the house, which didn't even have a drawer or whatever the case is. They call the police. The police basically tell her, like, yo, if you don't live here, I guess you got to leave. Okay? Now, she's now putting out proof because it was always being speculated. Was she fucking blue Now, not saying she's not talented, but when you see certain interactions between a male rapper and their female artist, it's very safe to make that assumption. Okay, it's a reason why people like, you know, and I hate to even be putting someone who is this talented in even a conversation with these two people. But like it's a reason why Nicki Minaj really established clear boundaries. One of the reasons people call Nicki a bitch or whatever is because she established clear boundaries between her and the people she worked with, her superiors, whether it was Wayne, whether it was Birdman and from what I even hear, even Drake. She made it a thing where niggas couldn't just be in the studio hitting on her. You know what I mean? She was mean to people. I heard that's where a little bit of her attitude comes from. She made it like, yo, and I think her thought was very right. The moment you fuck these people you're working with, you can never be taken seriously. So this girl, I, I would assume that she really wants to be a musician. I'm talking about Krishan now. She wants to be a musician, but she ended up fucking Blueface. Okay, by the way, now she's putting out just the evidence that, yo, we've been fucking, she's throwing shade at the baby mama. But I only say that to say, number one, Blueface loves a love triangle. We get that. But for this young lady, it was over before it started. You know, as much as you think that he believed in your music career, no, he just loved fucking you. And saying that he signed you or whatever the perks that you thought was of him supporting your music was just to keep you around. And I hate this because, um, you know, uh, recently after she got kicked out of the house, she's been like teasing that she's pregnant and it's really embarrassing. You know, I really wish that. <sighs> Number one, if you're signed to Blueface, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? And this is when I, I come to the conclusion that these motherfuckers, like, they're just wasting studio time. Because in reality, I think she just likes Blue. She, I think she is in love with Blueface. I think this music shit is just to, like, you know, have an alibi of why she's around him. But she likes the nigga. Which just goes to show, like, you know, a lot of people's heart is heart and soul ain't into this music shit, if you ask me, man. I think I think she's just doing whatever the fuck she, she, she got to do to be around him. And now it's gotten so toxic, it's, it's online, and... I would hope that women aren't so desperate to think that you need to be signed to Blueface to be winning, okay? Nothing wrong with Blueface, but at this point, Blueface ain't searching for a hit for you. He should be searching for his next hit, okay? I, I still love his music, but he definitely needs a hit. Anyway, um, what the hell? I don't even know why this is up here. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, shoot! My guy. Yo, I, I love Antonio Brown. Love Antonio Brown. Maybe not for the reasons that you guys love him. Or if you love him at all. And I know what a lot of people have thought. He did an interview recently on the Nel the Full Send podcast by the Nelk Boys. And, you know, a lot of it, people criticize. 
like, you know, people cared about him talking about Tom Brady. I don't care about that part. You know, Antonio Brown touched on something really important. And I watch everybody this week because we're so used to sports doing shit like this that no one wants to talk about. Now, granted, is AB maybe using this to, you know, as a smoke screen to kind of like, you know, uh, um, get out of accountability for what he did on the field at MetLife Stadium? Yes. If you don't know, he's playing a game. Um, the coach asked him, yo, get in the game because you, you're normally on this particular look uh, on offense. He says, nah, I, I ain't getting in the game. The coach says, bro, get in the game. He says, no. And after that happens, essentially, the coach tells him, well, nigga, if you're not getting in the game, get the fuck one out of here. And him taking it on face value and verbatim says, get the fuck out of here. Okay. And he literally takes off his clothes, takes off his uniform, goes shirtless, and jogs across the field to the tunnel to go back to the locker room and subsequently leaves, goes home. Mid-game, the offense was still on the field. A lot of people are talking about, yo, he's crazy. A lot of people are saying these other things. People are saying he's unappreciative. He's ungrateful. But I did think the biggest point that he made was glossed over. And, you know, while people are talking about football players, the NFL is creating a bunch of athletes that are going to suffer from CTE, who, when you are hit repeatedly, with contact to the head, not only is your speech going to be slurred at some points, not only uh, are you going to have some brain damage, but it's definitely a defeating purpose or a defeating feeling when you have risked your health, your life for a sport, and at any given point, and this is, it really goes into the whole psyche of football. They give these guys, for the most part, non-guaranteed contracts, which means if you do one thing that they don't like, they can say, we're taking your money back. Get out of here. And I do think that's the bigger point, but it's not only about money. It's about these athletes who all feel they have given their lives to this sport, and the moment they can't help the team anymore, they are thrown to the bushes. When I listen to this by... Uh, um, Antonio Brown, he was lobbying for things that people are glossing over. For the league who is responsible for these athletes playing this violent game, getting hurt, despite the technological advances in helmets and pads, once people leave the league and they're going through these real-life consequences of being hit in their head for 10 years, the league don't give a fuck about them. The league just moves the fuck on. And I, you know, not saying it was the right way for um, Antonio Brown to do it, but that's a, a great conversation to be had. What's the accountability and where's the conversation on why is AB acting like that? Why are we not talking about, well, this is, this is such a violent sport. Maybe, you should realize that these athletes do get in a mental, fra a mental, a fragile mental state. 
where if you look at some of the former NFL players who have committed uh, suicide or passed away for whatever reason, Vincent Jackson just passed away, maybe the NFL should change its approach. Maybe it's not always on the players because, you know what, we don't sympathize with a nigga like um, A.B. as soon as we think, yo, this thing's making millions. Like, who gives a fuck? But the, but, but, but the uh, NFL's making billions off these guys. And then pretty much treating them like cattle. I'll play what he had to say about that particular part. I'm trying to give you the perspective of football players, first of all, before we get the CTE. All right? So listen, I played receiver in the NFL 12 years. CTE is an autopsy revealed on your brain from trauma to the head. Being a football player, you're going to have some trauma to the head, regardless of what you do. Any skill position, no matter where you play, it's going to be some trauma to the head. So Vincent Jackson, can you put him up because he used to play for the Bucks. <laughs> he died from CT, what, CT? Yeah. And the Bucks, on the other hand, say AB AB is crazy. He uh he may have CT, he need to get some help. You think these people care about if I got CT? Do you see them do anything for Vincent Jackson like they did for Demaris Thomas? Did they put it? That is definitely a point. And if you're not that familiar with football, okay, um, the way how, what he's talking about is the way how you die or the way how you pass away if you were a former player in the league. The NFL seems to acknowledge players who passed away in a way that's favorable to their business dealings. For example, CT has been a very popular topic or criticism of the NFL. It's not in their best interest to showcase that it's a side effect from years of repeated hits and damage to one's head. So you know what happens when a player when a player after they leave the league passes away tragically or commits suicide or whatever the case is, the league don't really acknowledge him like that. But if it's another death that, 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 that doesn't hold the NFL possibly accountable, they'll give all the support, which I think is a great point. His number on the field? Is it bad, bad for business? I didn't even get to that part yet. I, like, life is not about business. It's about people, man, human beings. That's what I'm saying. In this world we live in, people think business. What about this guy used to work for your business? He died for CTE. These guys didn't put none on the field, bring his family. They didn't do anything to, to, to bring awareness to this guy. Now these guys tell me, get the fuck off the field. And now I got to answer questions about maybe having CTE. This guy really committed suicide. Right. Hey, I think that's just a great point. I'm sorry. And I, and I know, like, yo, AB's known for a lot of theatrics. He's a hilarious guy. You know, should I have been kumbayaing? But the point where he's making, I think, is really, really important. Is that listen? We always just talk about the players. We're not talking about what the league is doing, right? So he's supposed to act like a, a complete, a complete professional, right? Because of the money he's getting. However, the damage to oneself, one's health, and the exponential more earnings that the NFL is getting. From these players, we don't criticize them when they tell these players to kick rocks and get the fuck out of the league. 
it always seems like the blame we only blame the players, and I think that's I think that's a problem. Sorry, I think that's a problem. So I do think he has a point. Now is he deflecting? I think we could have a discussion on that because he could have been saying this a long time ago, or saying it after every game, but he's only saying it now. So I agree with that. However, I do believe the way how the NFL treats players, the even just contractually is basically after we have destroyed your body and your mind and your brain, when you have nothing left to give, get the fuck out of here, and we're going to go get the new cattle that's 21 straight out of college and do the same damn thing. I'm sorry. I think that's a point to be made and to be discussed, okay? Uh, regardless, um, I'm going to see what happens with this situation. I've thought that he was at his last opportunity with the NFL the last time around, but, you know, he's only 33, and um, it appears that he probably will have a a chance at playing again. I don't know about this season, but we'll see. Apparently he has to get, like, his ankle, and that that was one of the, uh, the things of contention. So he says he can't go go back in the game, right? You know why he says that? Because he says his ankle is fucked up. Now, when he's leaving the game, remember he took all of his jersey to center and ran off the field. He's doing jumping jacks. And his argument for that is, number one, he, he says, and he has put up the text messages to his coach that he did tell the coach, my ankle's messed up before the game. But number two, he's saying, running off the field when you're, you're kind of off adrenaline because you know, like, this is the final hurrah, you're done. And doing jumping jacks is different than him actually doing football moves and running fo- full speed. And again, I'm sorry. Y'all going to say, yo, Ak, you're agreeing with, because I know people people don't like loudmouth athletes. Like, especially some, like, you know, football is one of the rare sports where you're supposed to fall in line with the other 52 people on the roster. You're supposed to fall in line. And if you don't fall in line, that's a problem. So I understand when he's now being vocal, trying to be somewhat individual to the team goal. It is seen as detrimental, but we do have to be fair a bit. All right, so I'm pretty sure people won't like that take, but it is what it is. Anyway, um, they have some quick hits to get to. Oh, this is an interesting one. Doja Cat fan arrested after making a bomb threat at a concert. This is such an interesting story. So Doja Cat, um, she had a concert. And by the way, you know, artists haven't had concerts in a while. She has a concert. And while having a concert, there's a huge line. And apparently there was thousands of people online. One of the fans said, how the hell could I get to the front of the line? So their genius idea of getting to the front of the line was, yo, let me just tell everybody around me, I got a bomb in my backpack. Everybody's going to scatter, and I'm going to go walk to the front of the line, and I'm going to get in without waiting. They thought that was a genius idea, except this got to be a kid who did it. And I, and I, let me see if I can find details on who did it. Uh, how, old was the, how old was the fan? I'm trying to figure out how old the fan was. They don't really say here. But I got to assume that this, and by the way, it was a free show too. So it wasn't a paid concert, it was a free show. I got to assume the fan is young because in no like sane person's mind, 
do you think making a bomb threat is going to get everybody to just run away and you're going to be like, okay, I don't care about the bombs walking to the front, and they're going to just let you be there? The police were called. They clearly brought a bomb squad. They scanned the area for bombs. They didn't find any explosives. They scanned the person's backpack, didn't have shit, right? So now you've wasted thousands of dollars in city resources. Also, you've now caused a public uh, uh, um, panic, and you've threatened that you had, you threatened that you probably had uh, uh, some, I don't know, weapon of mass destruction, whatever the hell they call a bomb. So that person's going to jail for a while, all for a free goddamn concert to see Doja Cat. It's never that fucking serious. We, you're telling me that you're going to be sitting in jail thinking about this for the next, like, 10 years while you fucking hear Doja Cat perform her moo song in your ear? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Just a bad, really just bad and tasteless, if you ask me. And honestly, uh, in my last, oh, shit, does this even come up? In my last thing that I want to talk about today, Young Dolph's killer, the guy named Straight Drop on Instagram, um, I don't know how a murder arrest warrant could turn into cloud chasing, but if you don't know, he had put on Instagram, yo, I'm going to holla at y'all. Oh, I'm going to turn myself in on Monday. He then tried to battle rumors that he snitched in another case. And now he was like, yo, before I go in, y'all got to check out my new music video. Now, this dude is acting like, yo, he's going in for like 20 days, six months. He's going in to be incarcerated and held until the murder trial happens in which he's accused of killing young Dolph. He threw this on the gram, and I'm looking at this like, yo, in what world are we in? Where he's dropping, you want to hear some of this nonsense right here, listen to this. Hey, I'm Cardi, you Back crazy, crazy. Back oh, look at this guy. Hey, yeah, you you can't I can't let no man get up on me, that's too close to dying. No more alert, don't need no added spots, I'm moving, then I'm fine. Treat the old for what they worth, ain't cuffing on these. Listen, I'm all for... I'm all for um, not using people's lyrics against them because you know, our, you know, music is a is a way of artistic expression. But some of these niggas, we might have to make an exception, man. You're charged with killing a popular rapper, and you, you, you're releasing a a music video where you're putting up gun fingers. Told me I can't let no nigga get up on me. I'm pretty sure there's some self snitching somewhere in them lyrics, man. Come on, man, get him out of here. He also went went to claim. None but gangster shit on my record. You niggas police and bogus on my charge. I did time for or either got dropped. Man, I don't even want to put too much time and effort on this. I, I, I can't be bothered. Anyway, I do want to say, man, thank you for tuning in to another episode of uh, Off the Record Podcast. Um, as we continue to build in 2022, add more segments. We're still working on a studio. We're working on studios in other cities. I would definitely like to know who you guys would want to hear on off the record this year i'm gonna give you guys a few selections there's a poll uh that's gonna be below this episode on spotify i believe you got to be on your phone to vote on the poll you should already be following the podcast and also you should already be uh hitting a notification bell that you can get every episode pushed to your phone however i'm gonna give a poll and i want to know of all of these selections who do you want to see 
the most on Off The Record. I'm going to make a best effort to try to get that person on for you guys. But until then, it's been another episode of Off The Record. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you for watching. School Academics, I'm out, man.